0: Love Talk Radio. Thank you for subscribing to 28 Days of Glory, daily segments of Biblical principle taught by the right Reverend LeVon and Reverend Selena Breeland. Well, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We are the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth, and it's another delight to engage in the power of the word of God. Um, been contemplating on whether or not to engage in another series and sequel with what we're teaching to... um, I think I'm going to do that. Um, Yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to introduce a new series and we're going to pick it up... um, we're going to go interchangeably with the current series. Of course, you know we're in the blue campus. This is a another great teaching, um, which I've coined as New Testament belief. But the emphasis is going to be uh revelations of the New Commandments. Uh, revelations of the New Commandments is going to be the subtitle. Um, but this is New Testament beliefs, and of course we're going to talk about beliefs. Very little, but we're going to get into a topic that I um, believe, um, although it's not anything necessarily new, uh, the approach in which we are uh, going at it will spark a greater appreciation for our relationship with Jesus Christ and also our our dedication to uphold Christian principles. All right. Well, let's pray and get right into the lesson. And then on next week we'll get we'll resume the lesson. And you just have to journey with me in your note um, in your notebooks. But I think all teachings are going to be very pivotal to you uh, achieving success as believers. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice. And look glad we thank you for the opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will and really depend on the Holy Spirit as an educator and guide to give me a clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought when I make therefore known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your word Do what only you can do. And Lord, the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I be praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. New Testament beliefs, revelations of a new commandment. Let's go to Hebrews. One of my favorite books that uh, in the entire Bible is the book of Hebrews 1 because It is written by an unknown author. And um, that author um, gives one of the strongest theological backgrounds of the New Covenant. And I think it's imperative and important that we as the body of Christ make clear distinctions to what exactly we believe under the New Covenant. Amen. And so I think this particular series of New Testament belief, Revelations of the New Commandments, is going to help distinguish us from the generation of the unknown. And and, and I, I want to go to several references, but we'll start here. God who in Sunday times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of of his glory and the express of his person, and the upholding of all things according to the word of his power when he had sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than angels, as hath the inheritance of obtaining a more excellent name than day, for which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth um in the first begotten into the world, he said, And let all the angels of God worship him. And all the and all and all the angels said, Who maketh his angel spirit and his ministers a flaming flame of fire? But unto the Son he hath said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness and the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above all thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou, shalt, thou remainest. And they shall wax old and dust, uh, as doth garment, As a vesture shalt thou fold them, and they shall be changed. For thou art the saint, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of these angels said he at any time sit in my life until I make thine enemies my footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who, who shall be heirs of salvation? Therefore we ought to give more earnest to the things which we have heard, lest by any time we should let them slip. For the words spoken by angels were steadfast, in every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of words. How shall we escape if we neglect a salvation, which first began and to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing witness with them, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. All right? Now, we can keep going in that vein, but what it's doing is setting up a scene to introduce the authority of the man, the Lord Jesus, as Christ, and his positioning, and as a result of reflecting on his position, we can find out what God's plan was from the time begins. So here we see that from the beginning, God always had in mind for his righteousness and his throne to be upheld by. The Lord Jesus Christ. And every leadership figure that that came following were to point back at the resolve that God had in Himself all along. And that was to make manifold known the the heir of salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that we too can believe and exist as He is. Now listen to this. Wherefore, holy brethren, chapter 3, verse 1, partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostles and high priests and professions of Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, that appointed him, and also Moses was a faithful in all his house. Now, this, of course, you know, Jesus wasn't there during that, that time, and it goes through that for this man was counted worthy of more glory than worthy of Moses, inasmuch he hath built the house, hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. So here now, God is saying, any leadership that exists, has no bearings because he did not ask them to assist him in building like he did Jesus. But Jesus, of course, but Christ, verse 6, as a son over his own house, whose house we are or are we, we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear my voice, Harden not your hearts as in the days of provocation, in the days of temptation and wilderness, and in the wilderness. Your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation. They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my way. Verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ as we hold to the beginning of our confidence steadfast into the end. Now, in chapter 4, let us therefore, verse 1, fear, leave, a promise being left, of, left us, entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into a rest. As he said, I have sworn by my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake of a certain place of the seventh day on the wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his work. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, that they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Now, verse 14 says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that passed into the heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity, but, but was in all points tempted like we, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and found grace in the time of need. Now here we're seeing now that God's plan is being amplified and 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 being concise. One is saying Christ is superior because he is deity with God. Christ is superior over the prophets. Christ is superior because he maintained righteousness in his humanity. Christ is superior because he uh, fulfilled what Moses could not fulfill. He was superior because he finished his work. Christ is superior because he obtained positions that enabled us to rest from our worries. And he is superior because he is a priest that causes to hold fast to our profession. So the superiority of Christ is expressed in the first five chapters of of Hebrews. Then when we get into the last, um, from chapter 6 to, and I'm taking my time because I'm going to speed up in a second. Um, chapter 6 to 13, we see our part, all right? And let's go through this, and I'm just highlighting some things to help you identify the reason why this book is so brilliant. It tells us that this is our part that we must do. Six, therefore, leaving, Hebrews 6, verse 1, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Now, laying again the foundation of repentance. From dead works and the faith toward God of doctrines of baptism and baptisms and the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits it. He's saying in verse 14 or verse 13, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the great or by the greatest, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end to all strife. Wherein God will more abundantly to show unto the heirs of, of the promise the immutability of the council confirmed by an oath, that by two immutable things to which it is um, was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who fled for the refuge to lay, lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us, into even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, then he goes into uh, almost an apologetic here. And he contrasts the old priesthood, uh, the priesthood of the description of Melchizedek, and he talks about the imperfections of the um, Aaronic priesthood, which was, of course, the priesthood of Aaron. Uh, verse 11 in chapter 7 says, It's therefore perfection by, by the Levitical priesthood, who were under the people received the law further." We um, further need, as their need was there, that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek, because Melchizedek's uh, order of priesthood was solely by revelation that came from Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, or came from revelation, of course, which was a type of of Christ. Amen. Now, in chapter eight, it says, verse one says, now. Of the things which we have spoken, this is the psalm. Uh, we have such a high priest who is set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heaven, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not made. Very really high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have someone also to offer. And what did he offer? He offered his very own life. Go to verse 7. For it is, if the first covenant had been faultless, with, then there should be no place to have sought for the second. For finding fought with them, he says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, because they continue not in my covenant. And I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, and after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and, and, and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me, a people. And They shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. From the least to the greatest, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities, will I remember no more? In that he saith, the new covenant hath he made the first old, now that which decayeth and waxeth away, or waxeth old, is ready to be vanished away. He goes on to say in chapter 9, verse 11, but Christ being come in a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect capital, not made with him, that is to say not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into a holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood and the bulls of goats and the ashes of the heifer sprinkling, they are clean and sanctified, the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ? who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge of conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now listen to this. He goes in in chapter 10, and he says, glory to God. Now we're going through the entire book of Hebrews, as you know, highlighting some scriptures to let you know that God has a bigger plan than what we've seen, and we have to build our belief system. Based on the basis of this new covenant, now, in order to do that, you need to understand what just take, that just has taken place. And if you read just skimming through the chapters, you would have uh, had a pretty much picture that Christ was set superior, and in his superiority, he transformed the culture of worship through establishing restoring the priesthood, going back to the origin of priesthood, Melchizedek, and establishing the new covenant based on God moving for his people as well as his people being devoted to him. Verse 10, verse 1 says, chapter 10, verse 1 says, From the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never, with those sacrifices, the old covenant, because that was um, never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the make the comers there unto perfect. For them there would not have ceased to they would not have ceased to be offered. Because of the worshippers once a purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Now it goes on to say for if we will, verse 26 says, for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remain no sacrifices for sin, but of a certain filth for looking uh, for the, a judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He despised Moses' law. Uh, he that despised Moses' uh, law die without mercy under two or three witnesses. How much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath continued the blood of the covenant wherewith he has sanctified an unholy thing and hath done this fight unto the Spirit of grace. Now, it says now in in, in chapter 11, now think is <laughs> the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good before them. Through faith we understand that the world's refrained by the word of God, so that the things which were which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Then it goes on uh in this chapter and it says this Verse 39, and all these things, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided something better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. And it says in verse twelve, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about a witness of a cloud of great witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author, and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your own minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin. And it goes on to say, let brotherly love continue in chapter 13, verse 1. Well, let's go back to chapter 12 and verse 24. Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, of the new covenant and the blood of sprinkling, that sprinkleth better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they have escaped not, um, escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall shall not be escaped if we turn away from him that speaketh from the heavens. Verse twenty-eight says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably and, re- and with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Then it goes on to say in chapter 13, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for, there, for thereby some, some have entertained angel- entertain angels unaware. Remember that them that are in bonds as the bonds with them and them which suffer adversity as as being yourselves also in the body. All right? And it goes on further to say in the conclusion in verse 18, pray for us for we trust, have for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you that ye rather do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Mm-hmm. Now the God of grace and peace that brought us again from the dead of our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd and sheep through the blood of an everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in your sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be, word, to be glory forever and ever. Amen. I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. For I have written a letter unto you in a few words, knowing ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom if he comes shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have rule over you and all the saints of Italy. Salute you. Grace be with you. Amen. Now it's a powerful book, and, and I've just skimmed it and there's a lot of insight in here. It, it it breaks open uh in this book better than any other book in the New Testament, there being a call for a Christ that comes to renew the sense and regard of covenant that equips us to be who we are as Christians, why we do what we do. And one of the things that we understand that Christ does to prepare us for this understanding is first provide us the new birth experience, the new baptism with the Spirit, the new phenomenon of being indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and then new belief. New belief as we walk in the Spirit. It takes courage to approach things that are new because they're often uncharted territories that have not been explored. But let me... um, enlighten you on something. God cannot reveal things pertaining to your covenant until you become consciously aware of who you're in covenant with. And the cover the testator of the new covenant is Christ. And so the book introduces us to Christ being the one whom God assigned to establish how you go about existing in the belief of this new covenant established upon better promises. So I want to challenge us in this short lesson that's going to be on New Testament beliefs to examine ourselves, to see whether we are in faith. And I understand that we use faith as acting on what we